Episode 81. Harry could see Cho waiting for Cedric in the entrance hall below. Yeah, said Harry coldly as Cedric ran up the stairs toward him. Cedric looked as though he didn't want to say whatever it was in front of Ron, who shrugged, looking bad-tempered, and continued to climb the stairs. Listen, Cedric lowered his voice as Ron disappeared. I owe you one for telling me about the dragons. You know that golden egg. Does yours wail when you open it? Yeah, said Harry. Well, take a bath, okay? What? Take a bath and take the egg with you and just mull things over in the hot water. It'll help you think. Trust me. Harry stared at him. Tell you what, Cedric said. Use the prefect's bathroom. Fourth door to the left of that statue of Boris the Bewildered on the fifth floor. Passwords, pine fresh. Gotta go. Want to say good night. He grinned at Harry again and hurried back down the stairs to Cho. Harry walked back to Gryffindor Tower alone. That had been extremely strange advice. Why would a bath help him to work out what that wailing egg meant? Was Cedric pulling his leg? Was he trying to make Harry look a fool so Cho would like Cedric even more by comparison? The fat lady and her friend Vi were snoozing in the picture over the portrait hole. Harry had to yell, Fairy lights! before he woke them up. And when he did, they were extremely irritated. He climbed into the common room and found Ron and Hermione having a blazing row. Standing ten feet apart, they were bellowing at each other, each scarlet in the face. Well, if you don't like it, you know what the solution is, don't you? yelled Hermione. Her hair was coming down out of its elegant bun now, and her face was screwed up in anger. Oh, yeah, Ron yelled back. What's that? Next time there's a ball, ask me before someone else does, and not as a last resort. Ron mouthed soundlessly like a goldfish out of water as Hermione turned on her heel and stormed up the girl's staircase to bed. Ron turned to look at Harry. Well, he spluttered, looking thunderstruck. Well, that just proves completely missed the point. Harry didn't say anything. He liked being back on speaking terms with Ron too much to speak his mind right now. But he somehow thought that Hermione had got the point much better than Ron had. Chapter 24 Rita Skeeter's Scoop Everybody got up late on Boxing Day. The Gryffindor common room was much quieter than it had been lately. Many yawns punctuating the lazy conversations. Hermione's hair was bushy again. She confessed to Harry that she had used liberal amounts of Sleek Easy's hair potion on it for the ball. But it's way too much bother to do every day, she said matter-of-factly, scratching a purring crookshanks behind the ears. Ron and Hermione seemed to have reached an unspoken agreement not to discuss their argument. They were being quite friendly to each other, though oddly formal. 
Ron and Harry wasted no time in telling Hermione about the conversation they had overheard between Madame Maxime and Hagrid. But Hermione didn't seem to find the news that Hagrid was a half-giant nearly as shocking as Ron did. Well, I thought he must be, she said, shrugging. I knew he couldn't be pure giant because they're about 20 feet tall. But honestly, all this hysteria about giants, they can't all be horrible. It's the same sort of prejudice that people have toward werewolves. It's just bigotry, isn't it? Ron looked as though he would have liked to reply scathingly. But perhaps he didn't want another row, because he contented himself with shaking his head disbelievingly while Hermione wasn't looking. It was time now to think of the homework they had neglected during the first week of the holidays. Everybody seemed to be feeling rather flat now that Christmas was over. Everybody except Harry, that is, who was starting once again to feel slightly nervous. The trouble was that February the 24th looked a lot closer from this side of Christmas, and he still hadn't done anything about working out the clue inside the golden egg. He therefore started taking the egg out of his trunk every time he went up to the dormitory, opening it and listening intently, hoping that this time it would make some sense. He strained to think what the sound reminded him of, apart from thirty musical saws, but he had never heard anything else like it. He closed the egg, shook it vigorously, and opened it again to see if the sound had changed, but it hadn't. He tried asking the egg questions, shouting over all the wailing, but nothing happened. He even threw the egg across the room, though he hadn't really expected that to help. Harry had not forgotten about the hint that Cedric had given him, but his less-than-friendly feelings toward Cedric just now meant that he was keen not to accept this help if he could avoid it. In any case, it seemed to him that if Cedric had really wanted to give Harry a hand, he would have been a lot more explicit. He... Harry had told Cedric exactly what was coming in the first task, and Cedric's idea of a fair exchange had been to tell Harry to take a bath. Well, he didn't need that sort of rubbishy help. Not from someone who kept walking down corridors hand in hand with Cho, anyway. And so the first day of the new term arrived, and Harry set off to lessons, weighed down with books, parchment, and quills as usual, but also with the lurking worry of the egg heavy in his stomach, as though he was carrying that around with him too. Snow was still thick upon the grounds, and the greenhouse windows were covered in condensation so thick that they couldn't see out of them in herbology. Nobody was looking forward to care of magical creatures much in this weather, Though, as Ron said, the scroots would probably warm them up nicely, either by chasing them or by blasting off so forcefully that Hagrid's cabin caught fire. When they arrived at Hagrid's cabin, however, they found an elderly witch with closely cropped gray hair and a very prominent chin standing before his front door. Hurry up now, the bell rang five minutes ago, 
she barked at them as they struggled toward her through the snow. Who are you? said Ron, staring at her. Where's Igrid? My name is Professor Grubbly Plank, she said briskly. I am your temporary care of magical creatures teacher. Where's Hagrid? Harry repeated loudly. He is indisposed, said Professor Grubbly Plank shortly. Soft and unpleasant laughter reached Harry's ears. He turned. Draco Malfoy and the rest of the Slytherins were joining the class. All of them looked gleeful, and none of them looked surprised to see Professor Grubbly Plank. This way, please, said Professor Grubbly Plank, and she strode off around the paddock where the huge Bobeton's horses were shivering. Harry, Ron, and Hermione followed her, looking back over their shoulders at Hagrid's cabin. All the curtains were closed. Was Hagrid in there, alone and ill? What's wrong with Hagrid? Harry said, hurrying to catch up with Professor Grubbly Plank. Never you mind, she said, as though she thought he was being nosy. I do mind, though, said Harry hotly. What's up with him? Professor Grubbly Plank acted as though she couldn't hear him. She led them past the paddock where the Bobitons' horses were standing, huddled against the cold, and toward a tree on the edge of the forest, where a large and beautiful unicorn was tethered. Many of the girls ooed at the sight of the unicorn. Oh, it's so beautiful, whispered Lavender Brown. How did she get it? They're supposed to be really hard to catch.